Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. My Gazette colleague Adam Schindler is returning for his another week of Section 2 football rankings of all the classes. We'll talk about that and look ahead to some key matchups this weekend in high school football. The Union College women's hockey team begins its season on Saturday at St. Cloud State, 13th ranked St. Cloud State. Uh, Tuesday was media day at Messerinka. Men also were part of that. But we're going to focus on the women since they start their season uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll have interviews with head coach. Uh, Josh Skiba, Emily King, and uh, Marin Friday, and uh, Danica Mark, two f- friends from uh, Duluth, Minnesota, reunited on the Union uh, women's hockey team. Uh, and speaking of hockey, we'll, we'll go over to the men's side and talk with longtime uh, analyst Brian Unger, the TV analyst and radio analyst for Union Hockey. He has an announcement to make, so we're going to talk about that and talk with him and see what's up with him. So uh, let's get uh, take a break here and get you set for high school football with Adam Schinder and the Daily Gazette's weekly power rankings. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. High school sports don't just happen. There's a ton of work that goes into every single athletic event. And we have our school's athletic director to thank for a lot of it. Thank you. For scheduling officials so I can always play the game I love. For ordering quality athletic equipment so I can stay safe on the field. For mentoring my coaches so they can be the best role models for me. For coordinating transportation so I can get focused for the big game. For helping us develop character and learn lessons that will benefit us for the rest of our lives. Thank you to our AD for always creating a positive experience for us. We'll never forget it. From all of us at the NIAAA, thank you to every athletic administrator in New York for all you do to enrich the lives of your students. It does not go unnoticed. This message presented by the NIAAA, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hi, this is Matt Dubray, the play-by-play voice of Union College Hockey. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Shot. Welcome back to the podcast, and we have Adam Schindler's here with my Gazette colleague to talk high school football. No, you're not a lead into Nick Lachey again this week. <laughs> oh no, no, I was I was expecting I was expecting either a bigger star or a much much smaller one. But I I'm gl- I'm glad to be on my own this week. All right. Well, let's take a look at the uh, the Gazette uh, power rankings in high school football. Uh, this week in Class AA, uh, CBA Shen Shaker Baltimore County. Uh, Schenectady was in the top five last week with a tie, but uh, I think uh, reality set in when they faced Shen last Thursday. Yeah, we had that three-way tie for fifth place last week between Schenectady Colony and Saratoga Springs as we kind of waited for things to sort out. And uh, of the three, Colony was the only one that won, won impressively. They had a really good start to the season, scored a lot of points. Uh, You've done Schenectady terrific job for that team to win two games uh, after going over last year. Uh, just now running into back-to-back brutal games so they get to face uh, CBA this week. But above that, uh, this classification has a pretty defined top four and over the next few weeks we'll start to see uh, the hierarchy as they start to face each other. Of course, we have an interesting matchup on Friday night with Balsa Spa visiting Shenandoah. Balsa Spa, I think first year at Double A, and you know, they took down Saratoga Springs recently. Yeah, Scotty's back up in Double A. Uh, impressive win against Saratoga Springs last week. Uh, this is a big one for them. They can really prove that they are uh, a major, major contender. This was a team that just missed out on the Class A playoffs last year, but a lot of veteran guys uh, in their skill group who are back and. Uh, Shen, even though they won very easily against Schenectady last week, was missing a couple of key pieces. Their quarterback, Michael Watley, their top running back, Isan Alozi. Uh, if they're back, this Shen team is going to be very, very difficult for anyone other than CBA to beat. Another big matchup in AA uh, on Friday night, uh, the battle of uh, 
rivals in Colony with Colony at Shaker. Yeah, the old town of Colony Cup uh, up for up for grabs, and uh, Colony is one you know one you know, picks up some impressive wins early in the season. Uh, Shaker got a bounce back from their uh, 28-14 loss last week to CBA. Uh, Marcus Snipes, their quarterback, uh, who came in after Jake Icabaccio, their former quarterback, transferred back to CBA, has made some nice plays. And Shaker is a team that is always uh, in the mix, and this is a game they're going to need just to make sure they solidify playoff positioning, even you know though we're only in week three. Mm. Let's move over to Class A, and uh, I think the big matchup Friday night is going to be uh, Niskayuna hosting Burnt Hills Boston Lake. Yeah, this is uh, the top two teams in our power rankings in Class A. Uh, the the team that's been the power for the past twenty years, Burnt Hills, and the team that looks like they are the absolute class in Class A this year, Niskayuna. This team brought so much back from its uh, state semifinal run a year ago. Uh, their, tri- their trio of playmakers who are all juniors or younger, that's their quarterback Ethan Gilson, running back Isaiah Lanier, and the really, really fantastic uh, receiver, sophomore Cam Grasso, uh, they are so, so good. Uh, this could be a Super Bowl preview. Let's take a look at the other uh, Class A game that's uh, highlighted, uh, Bethlehem going to Averill Park. Yeah, Bethlehem has started really, really well, and they're kind of a, a mystery team uh, to a lot of these Class A programs because they were a double-A pro- program that kind of struggled. They kind of sat in that fifth, sixth best double-A uh, program tier. They've been really, really impressive, held, you know, Put up a lot of points. They have a lot, a lot of points. I've played the most difficult schedule, uh, but this is an Eagles team that's looked really good. Averill Park, uh, one and two, uh, kind of unforgiving for them. They were, you know, they played a very tough early schedule, uh, and this is a team that is always difficult to play. You don't see very many true flex bone triple option teams uh, in Section 2, and Averill Park runs it, drills it in as well as anybody. So, uh, big test for Bethlehem. Uh, the polls this week, uh, top three remain the same. This unit, Burnt Hills and Bethlehem. Columbia moved into the top five, coming in at number four. Queensbury five, Averill Park got boots. Yeah, Col- Columbia's been a team that's had a good start to this season, scoring a lot of points. Queensbury uh, is another team that, you know, they're kind of off and on. This is a team where really it seems like the top two, maybe the top three, have defined themselves as ahead of the pack. Let's take a look at Class B, and we'll give uh, Spectrum News 1 some love. They have the Lansing Burger Shaman game on Friday. How are you looking at that one? That's a big game uh, in Class B early in the season. Just uh, two teams that have gotten off to good starts, uh, and this game is going to go a long way to sorting out how some playoff position will look, be, look, will look like. They're two teams that look like they are maybe just a cut below uh, the top two in this classification, uh, but Lansingburg and their quarterback, uh, standout linebacker Israel Baker, is a really, really good player. Shamont's gotten off to a good start, and uh, both these teams are going to need this win to kind of set them up for October. Yeah, and then the other highlighted game on Friday night will be Mechanicville, Hoosick Valley at Ravina, Quayman, Selkirk. Yeah, uh, Ravina is the clear top team uh, in this classification right now, and they have been uh, really, it's the third straight season where they look like the best team. Uh, haven't haven't put a foot wrong. Haven't really been tested the last two weeks uh, when in against Section Two competition after they started with a win over the defending state champs James I O'Neill. Uh, Mechanical Music Valley is a team that started out with a loss to a Class D school, uh, Stillwater, but Stillwater appears to be very very good. They've come out, they've won two straight games, and it's a team that uh, if they're going to want to make a playoff push, this is a game where they can make some noise. Yeah, Arena Quayman, Selkirk, and Glens Falls remain one two in in the poll. Lansingburg moved up to three. Mechanic Mechanicville Music Valley moved in the number four slot uh, uh, spot. Shamont five and Scotia Glenville getting some votes. Yeah, Scotia Glenville also a uh, nice win for them last week as they uh, as they honor the hundredth season of that program. Over in Class C, the highlighted game once again, Johnstown playing at Amsterdam. They'll be hosting Hoosick Falls Samarak. Yeah, Johnstown finally waiting for the uh, renovations at Knox Field to be complete. And what a brutal, brutal three-week stretch for Johnstown. They started off very easily. They uh, crushed Kaksaki Athens 68-6. And since then, Fauna Fultonville, Schuylerville, Hoosick Falls Tamarack, the three best teams in that classification. Uh, that program, that Sir Bill's program, is going to be happy to be done with this. They've, they've been, they haven't been, they haven't been close, but they have been relatively competitive against both those teams. And Hoosick Falls Tamarack uh, has crushed its opposition so far, but really among any of the Class C teams has not been tested yet. In a Class C poll, Schuylerville remains on top, followed by Hoosick Falls Tamarack, Fonda Fultonville, and a tie for fourth with Johnstown and Granville Whitehall with Waterville Healy getting some votes. Actually, that's Fonda Fultonville oh. ahead oh. of a tie between Johnstown and Granville Whitehall. Uh, and the top three in this classification, it's three and then it is 
everybody else. Uh, Johnstown, Granville, Whitehall, Waterville, Heatley, Cobleskill, Richmondville, Takana Kills. It is a big mess behind three teams that are pretty clear ahead of everyone else. Going down to Class D, a Friday night matchup with Cambridge-Salem going to Stillwater. That is a, a big game for, for Cambridge-Salem. Got their first win last week after two after two straight losses to start things. Stillwater's look very, very good. Their, uh, their, their skill position combo of Jackson Mueller and Lucas Lilac is as good a one-two punch as you're going to get in Section 2 small schools. Really, really good on the line. Uh, it's a team that dropped down from, from Class C. And uh, Cambridge-Salem, if they want to be in the playoffs, because right now uh, with their early two losses are on the potential being uh, on the outside looking in, which for Cambridge uh, is a very big rarity uh, in, the, uh, in the last 30 years. This is a game they absolutely need. And then we have a Saturday game highlighted. Greenwich going to Warrensburg Lake George Bolton. Yeah. Warrensburg Lake George Bolton is the top-ranked team in the poll. Yeah, and very similarly, Greenwich uh, needs to show up in this one. They're coming off a loss to Ken Jerry Fort Plain last week. Uh, again, there, it looks like we've got three teams uh, in this classification that are very, very much ahead of things. So Greenwich and Cambridge are two teams that uh, – both need to make some impressions fast uh, if they want to avoid missing out on a potential playoff spot. Let's take, take a look at the other uh, teams in Class D we, besides Warrensburg, Lake George, Bolton, Stillwater, number two, Kenny Johari, four, playing three, Greenwich, four, and Cambridge, Salem, five. So, yeah. So let me ask you quickly, uh, Union College football, 3-0 starts, just playing impressive football under John Poppy. Uh, the defense has been awesome. <laughs> You've seen, seen them uh, last Friday night when they beat Springfield. Uh, your thoughts on them? Absolutely uh, impressive start to the season for this Union College team. Uh, apologies for the cough. Take your time. <laughs> uh, energy has been the buzzword around this team all season, and it was absolutely evident on Friday night. This yeah. team plays fired up football. Couldn't take too much off of those first two games they played on the road. Uh, Hilbert's a second-year program that's really struggling. Worcester State's a team that uh, Union put up 76 points on the year before. But they played three games. The defense hasn't allowed a touchdown. The only score uh, Springfield got was on a punt return. Montclair State this weekend, probably also not as much of a test. Uh, this team is really focused on getting into the Liberty League. I like a lot of what I see, especially with a veteran defense and a veteran quarterback. Right, we'll do this again next week. Thank you very All much. All right, that's Adam Schindler. We'll look for another boy band to uh, lead, be the lead in for you. <laughs> so uh, coming up, we're going to preview the Union College women's hockey season. Uh, you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Head Coach Dave Smith. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. The Union College women's hockey team drops a puck on another season this weekend. They will travel to St. Cloud State to take on the 13th-ranked Huskies in games Saturday and Sunday afternoons. It's a dawn of a new era for the uh, Garnet Chargers. Of course, a new nickname, the Garnet Chargers, no longer the Dutch women. And for the first time in program history, uh, the Union College women's hockey team will go to the postseason. The league last year adopted the 12-team format that has been in place in the men's side since the 2002-2003 season. Union appeared to be on its way to making the playoffs last year. Uh, after a 6-1 victory over St. Michael's, uh, they went to 10-9-1, a record-setting victory. First time they hit double digits uh, in wins overall. But then they really hit the skids. They went 1-13 in their last 14 games, ended up finishing last in the league. And in the preseason coaches poll, they were picked to finish last again. So what's in store for the, the uh, Garnet Chargers this season? Well, we had uh, Media Day Tuesday at Messerink. We have some interviews from there. Let's start with the head coach, Josh Skiba. 
Josh, uh, this year is different for the first time. This program will be in the, in the postseason with thanks to the uh, 12 teams uh, making the postseason. What are you? What are your expectations knowing that you have the playoff berth secured? What do you want out of this team as this season progresses? Well, I think I think the goal has always been we want to continue to get better, right? We want to try and drive ourselves up the standings and put ourselves in a position to be in the best you know position possible for playoffs. So um, for us, we know our goal is we want to be playing in that game on March 9th. We want to strive for a championship. Uh, you know, we're a playoff team, so we've got to build. We've got to peak at the right time. So um, we've got a good team. Our culture is really strong right now. We've got a good group of freshmen coming in. You know, we've added scholarships this year in that first-year class. So we're excited. We want to build and make sure that we're playing the best hockey come come February and March. What, I mean, uh, is the goal trying to at least get home ice? I mean, I don't, I don't know about the top four because this is the league as strong as it is. And you look at Colgate's unanimous choice to be number one to finish first in the conference. So is the goal at least try to get in that top eight and get home ice in the first round? Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, certainly we would love to have a first-round playoff game, you know, especially in a game that's a one-game format. To be able to play at home here would be a huge advantage, you know, and I know Union would, would do a great job of, you know, advertising that. We'd get a great fan base for that game. So, yeah, that definitely would be a goal for us. Uh, you look at last year, you see, um, obviously you guys got a great start and then Patrick over the end of the year. How much can you take from that start last year and then also learn about, you know, we have to, to finish out the season? Well, I think a couple of things. We, we wanted to tweak a few things in terms of how we played. We, we want to continue to play faster. We want to be a little bit more disciplined just with in terms of how we play, our structure. And then also I think we were one of the most penalized teams in the country last year. You know, and I think we want to stay out of the box. We want to play more five-on-five. We want to have more power play opportunities. So if we can continue to focus on that, I think it will revert back to what we did in the first half of the year last year. So, um, again, we've got a good group. I think they're hungry. They're motivated. So um, we're excited to see where this group goes. Uh, Your top scorers are back. Have you seen some of that success in practice already that that you saw uh, that did during that offense last year? Yeah, I think we've tried to establish some identities for our lines, and I think the combinations and chemistry – uh, work a lot better when you have a lot of returning players that know what to expect. So uh, we've seen some of that already for sure. And I think they're excited. Again, they're, they're motivated. They know we're in playoffs. Um, they know they want to prove people wrong. You know, and when, when the preseason standings come out and you're finishing in 12th place, that's extra motivation for our group. I was just going to ask you about that poll. I mean, yeah, I know you guys finished last year, last year, but the fact that you did have one of the most, the most wins ever in the Division One program history. So were you kind of surprised that you guys were picked to finish last um, you know what? It's it's just motivation for us. You know, I think we we've beaten some of those teams that are ahead of us for sure, and I think we just want to strive to, to get better and better. You know, we we want to find ways to, to beat those teams. We want to create a mindset that we can beat anybody within our league, and I think our group is in a position where they're they're starting to learn what that's all about and what it takes to, to compete against some of those teams. What about competing against the likes of Colgate, Clarkson? Uh, how important is it to, to be able to you know, stay with them and try to pull off a, a win against them? Yeah, you got to steal points from those top teams in our league, right? I mean, we've got six of the top 15 teams in the country in our league, so every weekend's going to be a challenge. And, yeah, it's a mindset for us. We've got to believe that we can go in there and, and take points from those teams, um, do it on the road as well if needed. So it's it's a big part of what we're trying to do here. Tough matchup this weekend. What are you looking for and looking to see out of your team? Well, we're looking, I think, just to build on some of our line combinations. We want to see some of the structure in place. We want to see if we can take some video and be able to teach coming next week. Um, but we want to build, I think, how we want to play going into conference games we get there, you know, come October. So um, for us, it's going to be a great test. You know, number 13 team in the country. I think we want to see how we can compete. Um, we want to continue to drive offense and facilitate offense. So those are big things for us. you got a reunion on your team with Marin and Danica. Both play together in, in high school and now they're back together. What was that recruiting process like with uh, Danica uh, knowing that, that Marin played with, with her? Well, I think, I mean, Marin's been a great addition to, to our team, right, and someone that adds some flair from the blue line, adds a lot of offense. And I think, you know, Danik is a skilled player, had a really good high school hockey career and was able to produce. And I think she's going to fill a really nice role for us. I think, you know, when you look at her, she's out here on Saturdays by herself, lights out in the rink, working on her game. She's out here doing skills just about every day. And, you know, just during the recruiting process, all you could feel was someone that loves hockey. 
And that's what we want. We want people that are here for the right reasons, that love hockey, that want to help this program grow. And she's definitely one of those pieces for us. Did Lauren help out in the recruiting process when you you told her that you're recruiting Danica? Uh, definitely. I think she gives us a little bit of a character evaluation and is able to kind of uh, acknowledge the fact that she'd be a great fit from an academic or athletic perspective. So um, certainly we lean on them for a little bit of that. But, you know, just getting to meet Danica and her family, it was clear that she was a union student. You know, you part of the national team coaching uh, with them earlier this year. Do you pick up a lot of ideas that you can, that you can try to implement here, whether it's drills or, or things like that? Uh, so many different things. I think to me it's it's been an incredible experience because it's helped make me a better coach to be able to come back and just elevate our standards here. You know, whether it be drills, whether it be how we teach, whether it be video, whether it be language, um, it's elevated everything that we're trying to do here. So I'm very fortunate and very grateful to be able to have that experience, and I think it's helped me be a better coach for our players. Up next is Emily King, who has another year of eligibility thanks to changing a minor to a major. So she'll get to play one more season for the Garnet Chargers. She was the team captain last season. She appeared in 32 games and posted nine goals and 10 assists in those games, which were all career highs for her. Uh, what are her thoughts on the uh, new season? Let's hear from Emily King. Emily, it's a dawn of a new year for ECAC Hockey Women's League. Everybody makes the playoffs this year. So how, how, how much excitement is there for you guys knowing that you'll be playing a postseason game this year? I think we're excited for a longer season. I think also, although it's automatic bid, I think that's something we still are going to work just as hard for it. Like, we have to earn it. But, I, I mean, we do have to earn it. But I think that we're really excited that we get the opportunity and that it's more inclusive and just more games for us. How important would it be to get home ice in that first round? Yeah, we have a new list of goals that are actually going over today in the locker room. We want to get that home ice advantage. We want to be, like, the best team we can be so we can get all those things going for us. But that's one of our main goals that we want to get this year. You guys are What were some of the other goals that were uh, we have random percentages for like penalty kill things and uh, per games per or goals per game and say, uh, block shots per game things just like small things like that, that we're gonna try to get all on the same page about and have like specific goals to work towards for each game. Yeah, I mean, I think we don't want to limit ourselves to anything, but I really think that we have really high expectations and we want to score as many goals as we can a game, and we're not going to put a limit on that. After you guys beat St. Michael's last year, everything seemed to be going good, and then all of a sudden everything fell apart. One in 13 the last 14 games. You guys are picked to finish last by the coaches in the poll. Looking back, what do you th why do you think that happened, and how much motivation is it uh, that the coaches don't have much faith in you? Um, I think it adds a lot of fuel to our fire. Like, if you're going to doubt us, I mean, I think we have a really good team here. We've always had a good team. I think we had a lot of injuries last year coming around once the new year hit, and that didn't help us at all. Um, but we're all really healthy this year. We put in so much work this summer, and I think that it, it kind of gives us a bit of an edge. Teams coming in thinking they're not going to get a good game, and then hopefully we'll just pound them. You open up a tough start this weekend uh, at number 13, St. Cloud State. What are the expectations going out there? Um, I, I'm excited. It's like I'm from Minnesota, so I get to go home, see my family, and I think that I don't know. I, I think that every team, you should just go into the game thinking the same thing. It's just another game, and we're, we're expecting to win, and I think we're prepared to win, and we've been putting in the work, like I said, all summer and the last few weeks here, and I, I, I'm not worried at all. I'm, I'm really excited for our team. On the flip side of the end of the season, you guys got out to such a great start last year. How much uh, can you draw on that to say, okay, we are capable of playing that way and yeah. getting out to the I think, again, we just have to set those expectations really high and maintain that. And then I do think injury and just illness has got to us last year a little bit towards the middle of the season, and we had a tough time coming back from that. And now that we've learned from that, I think that that won't get in the way, and hopefully everyone can be healthy. But I, I really think we're starting the season the same way as we did last year, and I think we have, honestly, a little bit more talent this year than we had last year. And so I'm excited to see what this incoming class can really add to our our team that didn't really change that much. So, One of the great stories coming out of uh, Media Day on Tuesday was the reunion of two great friends from uh, Duluth, Minnesota, who went to Duluth Marshall School and played hockey there. Uh, junior defenseman Marin Friday and freshman forward Danica Mark.
they enjoyed the conversation I had with them. They were laughing and joking and having a wonderful time. So uh, I have a story up online at dailygazette.com, a web-exclusive story, so uh, please check it out there. But uh, here's more of my interview with Marn Friday and Danica Mark. Well, man, Marin and Danica, you reunited after a couple of years' absence. <laughs> you play, you guys played together in high school in Minnesota. Uh, first for you, Marin, what's it like to reunite with uh, Danica? I think I'm just extremely proud of how fun, far she's come as a player, and I'm so excited to get a chance to play with her again. I know we have a ton of memories from high school, and now we just get to carry on with that, doing something that we love, and I know she's going to do amazing. Danica, for you, when you realized you were getting recruited by Union and Myron was here, what, what, how important was it to, that she was here and how did that help you in your decision? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Marin's been someone I've looked up to since probably the sixth grade. So for me, when I was getting recruited by Union, it was just so exciting. And, like, she's kind of been a mentor for me. Like, I have the same major for her, so I've always looked up to her. And I'm just super excited to get to play with her again. Marin, you're laughing at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, like, it's so full circle to, like, yeah. get to this point and, like, everything we've experienced together and, like, We've been with each other for so long at this point that, like, it feels natural that she just came to Union, and it feels, like, almost, like, destined in a way. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so excited, and I think um, I'm honored by everything she said, and I hope that uh, we can do some great things here together at Union. When Danica told you that she was coming here, what was your reaction? Just excitement and pride and um I guess I'm also proud of just like our old high school team and everyone who's there and shaped us. And so I know I'm super thankful for the environment we grew up in and the people who kind of helped us get to the point where we are now. Besides Marin being here, Donica, what uh, attracted you to coming here at Union? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of everything I've dreamed about since I was little. The academics are just phenomenal. And then just to be a part of a program that strives for excellence and just to see how much the coaches care about development and growth, it's just everything I wanted in a school. So, I mean, this program has, has struggled over the years, but uh, to be part of something that's growing, obviously the, the, the leagues, everybody's going to the playoffs for the first time in this situation. Uh, so what's it like being a part of a program that's you know, trying to, to get to a, a level where it's consistently winning? Yeah, honestly, I think it's amazing to be a part of something. When I stepped on the ice for my first day of practice, I could just feel the environment that everybody here wanted to get better. Everybody knew we had a mission to accomplish. And like with this being our first year of being in playoffs, for sure, everyone is just so locked in and everyone has the same goal, which is winning the ECAC championship. So. All right, man, you have a good story about uh, Danica that you want to tell? <laughs> uh, did not come prepared on the spot. I will just say that I have known her since she was so little, and I will just say I was talking to her about this yesterday, of how we're doing testing, everyone's showing off great numbers, showing their strength, and I just had this, like, realization, I'm like, holy Danica is not little anymore like she is she has grown into a super strong powerful player and so I just think as like someone who grew up with her like I've got to see her full development kind of and so it's just been super cool to see what about you Danica good stories about Marn I mean I just remember in high school she was like the it player because she was like what how tall are you like 5'11 yeah. I was like a freshman in high school so she was just like long leg Marn and she was like kind of the team meme because she was just so tall and just running around so Josh was telling me that uh, you come here you, you're here some nights some days just by yourself in the rink and you're dedicated I mean, how important is it to work on those skills uh, outside of practice yeah, I mean, I think it's everything for me. I think, like, it makes me a better player on the ice, obviously, but I think the biggest part is just staying mentally locked in. I think, like, obviously, as Martin said, I was so small in high school. Like, I've had to do a lot of work to get here. So for me to have the opportunity to train on my own and just stay in that headspace is super important to me, and it's kind of what I'm used to doing, so... Now, you guys play different positions, Martin. You're a defenseman. Danica, you're a forward. Did you ever think about playing the other position? 
Actually, I did play some forward back in high school. Like, every so often, I'd get tossed up there. And I have to say, I will always love defense a lot more. Um, I just, I don't know what it is. I just love playing defense. Um, forward's not really my thing, but have had some experience. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, actually, I remember seventh grade year, I was moved to defense, and I was like, tiniest player on the JV team so they had Marn play down on JV with me for a period and my mom like videotaped the whole thing because she was like oh my gosh Danica's playing with me Marn Friday and I was so excited <laughs> well guys appreciate it uh, good luck this season and good talking to you thank you Coming up, we're going to stay in the hockey mode with uh, Union Men and uh, the broadcaster and TV analyst Brian Unger, longtime analyst on the radio side as well. And, of course, I've known Brian for a long time, and he's got uh, something to uh, tell us, uh, kind of a, some, some interesting news coming up from Brian. So we'll let him talk about that coming up here on the Parting Shots podcast. Hey, Auto Racing fans, the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports reporter Will Springstead. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. And my next guest I have known uh, for about 30 years, back when he was first a student at Union College calling the uh, Dutchman games. That's when they were called Dutchman back then. And he's been on the radio and TV side for a long time. And uh, he has an announcement to make, and that's Brian Unger. And Brian, uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, I'll let you explain what's going on. All right, Ken. Well, first, uh, good to hear from you. Um, yeah, so I uh, informed the school a couple of weeks ago that uh, my last game was last year. Um, my family and I are going to be moving to Virginia in early November, so it's going to make it very difficult to call Union College Hockey when I'm 500 miles to the south. So um, hanging up the microphone uh, with lots of good memories and starting a new chapter. How tough is it? to uh move on yeah um it's hard it it was a huge part of my life and i made a lot of good a lot of good friends and a lot of great memories and it's just kind of you know this time of year it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier and there's you know starting to turn a little colder here's waiting for the hockey season to begin so it'll be very odd uh, tuning in on ESPN Plus and, and listening to Matt and, and knowing that I'm not there, uh, it, you know, it'll definitely be a void. I'm just scared Matt's not going to not going to show up on time for the summer. It's four o'clock game. Uh, I, I did tell him to keep an eye on the schedule and maybe check every Friday or Thursday uh, in case there's a last minute time change. Because <laughs> oh, we, we yeah, the uh, first New Hampshire game that he missed and it missed the goal. It's kind of, it was it was kind of weird because I, I I harken back was there was nobody on the broadcast. You were away that weekend, I think, and uh, it was one of those things. I, I reflected back to the Jets Miami NBC game where they had the no one answers. It was like, oh my god, this is kind of weird. But uh, we 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 busted Matt on that for a long, good while. But uh, he was good natured about it. But. Because uh, I, I said at the top of this, you, you were calling games as a student uh, back in the early 90s when this uh, program first went Division I. Uh, did you ever think when you would be doing it again uh, as a graduate? No, I, I remember uh, my senior year in college pretty vividly. We were at Yale towards the end of the year and driving home. And I just I remember thinking to myself, oh, that was a good run. Uh, not going to do that again. So no, I had no idea. Uh, in come 2005, I'd, I'd be asked to come back. 
Well, yeah, what was it like yeah, coming back 2005? Obviously, the program was starting to go in a different, you know, a better direction. Uh, yeah, first under Kevin Sneddon uh, before you got there, and then Nate Lehman took over. Because uh, when you were there yeah, as a student, they were struggling to, to win games. Uh, but they were starting to, to, to it was slow, a slow build, but uh, could you see, I mean, how much more excitement was it to be able to you know, call those games and be an analyst on those games? That was incredible. Uh, my first year back, I, I came in halfway through the season. And I think the team scored like 14 goals in 11 games. And they, the power play was setting records for all the wrong reasons. And uh, But they turned around at the end of the year to get Clarkson run for the money in the playoffs. Um, and then it was just kind of a, a gradual improvement, even though the following, I think the following year they may have finished in, in last, but they had a lot of talent uh, on that team. And I remember, it's, it's funny what you remember through the years, but I remember being on the bus going to Colgate and Union had, it was towards the end of the season and Union had wrapped up uh, an eighth place finish and I'll, I'll leave the player's name. I don't remember exactly who it was. Walked in the back of the bus and went to Nate and said, hey, we got home ice. And Nate snaps, and uh, the G-rated version of his comment is, I'm not here to finish in eighth place. I'm here to win championships. And it was the most outrageous thing I ever heard in my time <laughs> associated with Union College. Like, no, this is a big deal. We got eighth place. And who knew a couple years later, Nate delivered. We got a Clary Cup, and, you know, we know the rest of the story. Yeah. We came in, and we went to the mountaintop. What was that like that for, for you to be able to do that? Because I, mean, I know we've talked over the years, and you said when you were a student, you were against them going D1 from D3. When they wanted it all in 2014, I mean, what was, your, what was that like for, for you to be there with uh, calling that and as, a, as an alum of the school? It was surreal. I, I, rem I remember like yesterday, I had no doubt they were going to beat Minnesota. I was like, this is, we're the best team in the country. So we're, we're just balanced all through the lineup. And it kind of didn't sink in and I, for a while that the team had actually won the national championship. Was probably wasn't until the following year when they actually started off 5-0 and the next year and then they went on a five-game losing streak. I think at that point, I'm like, oh, okay. This really was a big deal to, to you know, take down the Boston Colleges and the Minnesotas of Old do it so convincingly with a roster that, yeah, yeah, of course, that had ever known, you know, had Ghost and Dan Carr and Jackie was a freshman and Champini was at the height of his powers. But we had one draft pick, and that was that was Gossel's Bear. It was just a great collection of guys uh, that, as a unit, were the best team in the country. And it's a, I, mean, I have my championship ring sitting in my living room, and I, it's funny because my wife, every once in a while, like clean, like don't touch that thing. You know that's that's not going anywhere. Um, and, and Matt Dubray told me one time, and I completely agree. This was basketball, not hockey. There'd be a thirty for thirty on ESPN about Union College. It's one of the greatest stories in all of athletics that anybody would ever see or hear about. It's just you know at the time, college hockey was not as mainstream as it is now, but there can, there's the words are hard to explain what, what an amazing experience that was. And, and you know, you just gotta be so happy. You know, we were there to, to see it and, and live through it. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I was covering, I mean, I've been covering a program from day one and you know, I never thought it would happen and to see it happen. And of course for me personally, to see it happen in my hometown of Philadelphia where, you know, 10, 10, or, uh, maybe, 40 years earlier, I had seen the Flyers win the Stanley Cup across the street where the Spectrum used to be. So it was like it was like a full circle for me as a hockey person. Uh, just with the reaction, I mean, yeah, you, you felt some emotion. I mean, I'm not supposed to have emotion, but geez, it was just an unbelievable experience. I mean, going there and uh, seeing these guys win it, win it all, and then you think about the. The guys that you know started it, this, you know, like Dalton Menhalls, uh, Ray Ferraros, uh, Bill Railtons, and you know those guys were the pioneers of this, getting this going. Yeah, absolutely. And it's—I I do recall being on the air afterwards, and we were doing the post game, and Matt said, "Brian, what are your thoughts?" And I actually had trouble getting words out. You know, I was choked up because it was just a such an emotional and, and amazing feat, and. 
I know Rick in his press conference afterwards hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it, was a, it was a championship for the team, but for the entire program, especially the guys who came before him and, and the guys who laid down all the all the groundwork with the transition from Division Three to Division One and, and going through what were some of the lean years to build up the program. It was you know, it just made that moment even so much better. Yeah. And obviously, your job has changed over the years. Uh, you, you know, all games were all on the radio, home and away. Now it's uh, basically just home games on ESPN Plus, no radio. Uh, I think there is a, they do stream the audio on union.com, I believe. Union.com. Yep. How has that changed? I mean, you don't, get to, you don't get to go out as much as you used to. And I know when I was traveling, you and Matt and I were, uh, you know, travel partners driving there. Hopefully Matt was arriving on time for the drive to where we had to go. But uh, uh, just how how much has that changed? I mean, not being able to you know to go on the road like you did when the games were on radio. Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, I mean, nobody cares about the announcers. Uh, for the fans, having it on TV is great, and I'll be a fan next year. It'll be great. I'll be in Virginia watching the hockey at home and away on ESPN Plus, which I will be doing. So that's. That's great for the school. That's great for the, pro, uh, for the program, for the league, players, everybody. Selfishly, from my point of view, the old days were better. Uh, to go out on the road with the guys who really got to know the coaches, got to know the players, you got a lot of inside scoop, you saw some things you couldn't talk about, which was, you know, nice. Uh, there were um, a, lot of, a lot of adventures on the road. We also got to produce our own broadcasts. We're now... Uh, you know, with ESPN and the guys who produce the broadcast for us are, are top notch and fantastic. So we just kind of show up and we do our prep and we, we call the game. It's a lot less involved than it was before. And it's a little bit harder to, you know, get some of that inside knowledge that you had. Um, but, you know, no complaints. Uh, both, it's just really great to be on TV. It was a lot of fun back in the day uh, when Matt and I were kind of a, a two man traveling show trying to, trying to sound somewhat professional on the air. Yeah. I know, you know, for you personally, I know you, you know, you've been met, you and your wife and Ezra have been you know, public about what Ezra's gone through battling uh, a disease. Do you want to talk about a little bit, a bit about that and how he's doing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, the good news is, well, Ez was uh, diagnosed with Burkitt lymphoma in uh, February and was, you know, just full stop. Um, you know, for people who've dealt with a lot of them with, with cancer, it's for people that have it, it is, um, it's, there's no words. It's not, it's not a fun time. Um, and you have to hope for the best and put your faith in the doctors. And, uh, with, with Ezra, we caught it early. We caught it very early. So we were very fortunate. We treated at Albany medical center and the staff there was just the best, um, from the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, everybody, um, all the charities that came in and, uh, you know, as they said, this was going to be the the best case scenario. This is the time frame. This is what's going to happen. These are all the treatments you need. And he just checked every box and he got a clean bill of health uh, right at the beginning of the summer. Uh, so he's in remission. And now it's just, you know, monitoring with, with uh, blood tests. And, um, you know, we are light years ahead today from where we were six months ago. So we just were very grateful and, and, um, you know, a reason why we decided to uh, kind of pick up and, and make this move south. It was something we've been talking about for for a while. And when you when you go through an experience like this with a young child, you tend to realize there's no guarantees in the future. Um, so live, you know, live in the moment, and and that's the philosophy we've adopted. Yeah. What are you guys gonna be doing in Virginia? What's that? What are you, Sorry, gonna, what are you gonna be doing in Virginia? Got. <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Uh, we're going to take a little break, a uh, little time off, and um, uh, uh, just enjoy our time together. Ezra's going to start kindergarten, in a, in not now, but a year from now. So we decided that we're just going to take advantage of not being kind of shackled by school calendars and everything. Do a little traveling and um, invite family and friends down and hopefully uh, – as many people can make it will it's not the easiest trip in the world um and then we'll just we'll we'll, we'll you know move forward and, and figure out next steps um but it's something that it, it, 
it, uh, it really can't come soon enough, you know, with um, kind of with the housing market and everything, we are in a little bit of a holding pattern in terms of when we can move down and just count the minutes and uh, we'll go down there in mid-November and, and start our next chapter. Well, going to be in probably Capitals territory as a Ranger fan. How's that going to be? Uh, well, the good news is my older son, uh, Max, lives in Washington, D.C. So being two hours away from him instead of either, you know, an hour flight with a lot of expenses involved or a six, seven hour drive is, is going to be good. And we will uh, we'll head up a couple of Washington events, uh, namely when either the Giants uh, or the Rangers are in town. And um, I'm looking forward to some of those games. What do you think of your Rangers this year? Another retread coach in Peter LaViolette. <laughs> Um, n- not a lot of creativity there. I guess you gotta you gotta trust the brain trust, and and uh, you know we'll wait and see. They, they should be good and make the playoffs, and then it really matters. They don't make the playoffs. The season's a disaster, obviously. But assuming they do, then they, they got to do better than last year. Well, I'm a Flyers fan. I don't know what the playoffs yeah. are like anymore. <laughs> you guys, you guys, uh, I think you're bottoming out. <laughs> we're, we're, we have the right people in place. We know we're, we're rebuilding, so I'm. I'm yeah. I understand now. It's going to be just patience. Now you have actual people who know what they're doing. So I, I'm, I'm at least happy in that respect. But uh, that'll take some time. Could be worse. You could be the Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, have your coach quit after he got caught doing some bad things. Uh, yes, my college roommate is lived in Columbus, Ohio. He's a big Blue Jackets fan, so I, I gave him the business yesterday about uh, the direction of that franchise right now. Final question: What are you going to miss about um, not broadcasting anymore? Other people, I mean, no doubt about it. I was, you know, thinking about it today. I was like, oh, I'll put together a list of names, just amazing people I met along the way. And, you know, if I do that, I'll, I'll unfortunately lose them off. But I, um, I learned a lot from Nate and from Rick. Uh, you know, I was a little younger when I, I, I was introduced to him and watched him work and really understand and learn about commitment and, and winning and, and motivation. Uh, and at the same time, not only them, but some of the other coaches that uh, on the assistants that I dealt with were just phenomenal human beings. Um, they would take time out and, you know, they got a hundred things going on. They're judged by wins and losses. And when we were on the road, they would come and, and you know, ask how I was doing, ask uh, uh, back in the day how my older son Max was doing. Um, after Ezra was born, how he was doing. And I always say to myself, like, how do you even remember my kids' names? Like, you have so many things going on. Um, and Josh has been wonderful. I'll, I'll miss Josh uh, a lot because I think in just working with him with one year, uh, he and, and John and Lenny are the right guys for the job to get the program back uh, to the upper tiers of the league. Um, I, obviously, Matt is a a tremendous friend of mine has been there through thick and thin since we first met in 2005. You know, both of us have had life happens, Cam. We've had good things happen and bad things. And, um, you know, it was hard to tell to tell Matt, hey, I'm not going to be a half hour down the road anymore. Um, and I, there's just a lot of like Cheryl and Bags and, and uh, some other folks at the rink. Uh, just been, I knew Cheryl from when I was a student. She's been there a long time. And, and Bags was a great guy, and I'm just gonna, you know, miss the camaraderie and, and uh, you know, miss coming to the rink Friday and Ken and giving you crap about the Flyers and <laughs> tell me where the Giants can go and how to get there because Eagles are a lot better. Um, and I will miss what I believe to be is going to be a, a turnaround of fortunes for the team. I, I think good days are ahead for the Union, and, and uh, there'll be a lot of fun and, and some more winning coming back to Schenectady, hopefully down the street, <laughs> some mess rink at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, just you know, being a part of. I, I, I'll leave it at this. Obviously, when everything happened with with Ezra in the the, the uh, spring, you really they made me feel like you know part of the, the Union Hockey family, and that's something I'll never forget. And, and um, you know, uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with as many people as possible. Well, I know you're going to still continue to make your picks in the ECAC hockey face-off selections that I do every week. Uh, that'll be good, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and you know, I'll miss seeing you at the rink, but uh, you know, we, you're just a phone call or text message away, and you can tell, tell me about how bad your Giants are. Uh, yeah, fortunately, they, they had a miracle in the second half yesterday. Dean, this is... Well, I've already, I'm not optimistic, but I would have deemed this season completely open, probably 
next year too. So at least they have heartbeats. Well, Brian, appreciate a few minutes and um, keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely, Ken. Great to talk to you. All right, that's Brian. I'm going to be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest and you pick em football contest in just a moment. Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Indiana Nash. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week two winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football contest was Scott Davis of Schenectady with a 14-2 record. Scott wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Scott. The VIP winner was, for the second straight week, Jim DeMarco of Morris Ford with an 11-5 record. I got back on the winning track going 10-6 and six to improve to 17-15. and 15. Uh, My Gazette colleague Adam Schinder was also 10-6. and six. He is 18-14. and 14. I'll announce the U Pick'em Football Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the U Pick'em Football banner. And you can look for my picks at dailygazette.com. The Week 29 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest was Alan Remsburg with 75 points. Alan wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Alan. The VIP winner was Scott Lucier of Capital Land GMC with 40 points. Finally, the VIPs score some points. I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the auto racing contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Adam Schinder, Josh Skiba, Emily King, Marin Friday, Danica Mark, and Brian Unger for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at threads, at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports. <laughs>